Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Heather Bivens. Hey everybody. Uh, and we are looking a little bit in Acts. We're primarily looking at First Thessalonians, which we uh, will round out First Thessalonians tomorrow. Um, but we're just kind of tracking along with these ministry journeys of Paul primarily, uh, and then covering the letters that he would have written to the locations that he's visiting. Um, so Heather, as we were reading over this thing, what did, uh, what did you notice? What do you want to talk about? Uh, I noticed a couple things. One is there is nothing new under the sun, right? Like I think when Paul is writing to various churches or people groups, he warns them about the things that we would still warn people about today. He encourages them to do the things we would still encourage people to do today. So that did catch my attention as you would think like, oh man, they got this letter directly from Paul. So they probably just like got into like ship shape and knocked off. And it just is not true because it's thousands of years later and we're still actually asking um, ourselves and people to like, remember, like, this is how God wants you to live. So anyway, that stood out to me and just reminded me, I don't know about that. So there's an interesting thing that happens here in Acts 17. Um, basically we have, we have Paul at the Areopagus. If you're interested in that, this is like the center of Greek philosophy. Um, so Paul, you know, this Christian philosopher that we care very much about is interacting with very influential Greek philosophers, which you'll learn about in your history classes, probably. Um, but here Paul comes and he gives a speech on Mars Hill, um, where some pretty interesting things happen. He does not use scripture at all. Um, and he primarily tries to share the gospel with cultural influences. He talks about an actual idol that they have in their neighborhood. Uh, and he he quotes some Greek poems, um, so you can you can look at this a couple of different ways. One, it's pretty cool that Paul is so aware of the cultures that he's interacting with that he's able to pull on these elements uh, to share the love of Jesus with these people. Um, but you could also look at this and be like, huh, why doesn't Paul actually share any scripture with these folks? They wouldn't have had any respect for scripture. They wouldn't have known any kind of Jewish history. Um, but it, it's just kind of interesting. And the way that the, this plays out is you can see this actually at work in different ministry philosophies. Uh, some people look at this passage and they use it as a means to go into cities where there's not a lot of Christian influence and create culture that's based around uh, Christian influence, but pulls from different ideas that are already in existence. Um, then other people look at this and they think that maybe this is why Paul's ministry in Athens is not super fruitful. Um, because he doesn't actually spend a lot of time talking about the, uh, the message of God while he's there. Um, so Acts 17 is really interesting. Yeah. That actually made me think, um, I have been listening to Eric's pastor. Eric Scott has faith essential classes mm -hmm. and on the worship center 167, you can listen to them. Mm -hmm. So I've been listening to them and the, uh, day one is all about, um, like basically why read the Bible mm -hmm. and he makes spends like a long time, I don't know, 15 minutes, um, making this case of like why you should listen to the Bible. And the whole time he was doing it, in my head, I was thinking like, how does this make any sense in like a post-truth world? Yeah. Like why would any, but like you're making arguments that no one cares about. Um, and then he turns it right after that and he starts talking about um, like life change in himself and like in people he, he knew who weren't, wasn't life changed like me when I was like seven years old, but like who were deep in 
addiction and just, mm-hmm. you know, things that are really hard to turn from and how like they, ha- um, how the Bible has actually changed their whole entire life. And I like that idea of that it's both and, right? You bring like, this is what the Bible says. Um, as followers of like Christ, we believe it to be true. Um, and maybe if you're not a follower yet, and here is other, um, I don't know if you would say cultural things, but mm-hmm. other um, proof. That's probably too strong of a word of why it's true. So I love that idea. That's what made me think of. If you're into the uh, academic extra credit, we would believe in general revelation and special revelation, uh, which are just fancy ways of saying we believe what the Bible says. That's like God's actual word that he's given to us. So we care about what the Bible says because we care about what God's doing. We believe the Bible's God's word. Um, so that's why we do God's whole story, guys. Like that's, that is special revelation given to us specifically by God so that we can be enriched in our relationship with him. Um, general revelation is available to anybody. So you can just, you can see things like life change, like a person who's not a Christian can see life change and say, I think there's something going on there. Uh, and here in Acts 17, you see general revelation in that something caused the Greeks um, to actually construct idols to unknown gods. It's actually kind of funny. Um, they were so, I guess, super spiritual that they wanted to make sure all their bases were covered, I guess. Um, but it's actually general revelation that tells you something is here that we're like missing the whole picture and we should probably worship this God that we don't know. And so it gives Paul a pretty awesome opportunity to say, hey, the God that you don't know is actually the God of the universe and you should worship him. Yeah. And like in verse 33, some of them joined him and became believers, mm-hmm. like without a clear um, gospel message, mm-hmm. or at least a quoting of scripture. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. The other thing that stood out to me um, was just at the end in Thessalonians when he's talking about how, um, I just, this is a, my paraphrase, but basically Paul is saying like, as Christ followers, as Christians, like our hope in the resurrection um, isn't backwards looking is forward looking. And because of that hope, we do not fear death or um, eternity. And we don't, because of that hope and like the, the reassurance we have in that, we actually don't have to figure out every single detail. Um, we can actually just trust that God is good and he knows how it's going to go. And that, that's like really reassuring to me as someone who um, grew up in a time where people were like very intense, at least in my Christian circles about figuring out every single thing. And it was like, you know, we're in the middle of the end times. We're in the, you know, over and over and over again. Um, And that was like terrifying because you just felt like you had to be like constantly like, hope I said, I love you to my mom today because who knows. And that's not what he's saying here at all. He's not saying like, you don't have to actually live a life of like constant fear um, and stress. So anyway, I love that reassurance. I think it's in this in this church of Thessalonica where people started to hear about the the uh, coming of Christ, and they actually like quit their jobs and all kinds of stuff. Like they were so convinced that it was right around the corner that it's like, well, we might as well just not even work. We should just like wait for Jesus. And Paul actually had to gently say like, hey, maybe still have a job. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad idea. Yeah, but he even ends with like, so encourage each other and build each other up, not like so scare each other to death. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's good to remember. Uh, and we'll have a we'll have an opportunity to dig into some of that later as we get into, and we've talked about some of that stuff in Daniel already, but we'll be talking about Revelation very soon. Um, and it's important that when we talk about these last things type of discussions that we still need to represent God's kingdom here and now. Uh, we don't want to just give that up. Yeah. So some of that was happening in Thessalonica all those years ago. And, uh, you know, maybe it still happens today. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back again tomorrow. Back in Thessalonians. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Acts seventeen sixteen. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, What's this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, He seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about his new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars has this inscription on it, to an unknown god. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. For one man, he created all the nations throughout the earth, the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day of judging a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, We want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were Dionysus, a member of the council, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with the Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. 1 Thessalonians 1 This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We were writing to the church in Thessalonica, you to you who belong to God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope that you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you for, to be his own people. For when he for when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you the full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out 
from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need them to tell up we don't need to tell them about it, for they kept talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turn away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit with you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. So you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God, as our witness, that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But instead, we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be burdened to you as any of to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we are that we were devout and honest and faultless toward all you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in your in his kingdom and glory. Therefore, we never stopped thinking, God, that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And the word continues to work in you who believe. And dear brothers and sisters, you suffer persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us too. They fail to please God and work against all humanity, as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins, and the anger of God has caught up with them at last. To brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy, and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens, and we went sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles that you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. 
He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. But we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill gaps in your faith. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy people. Amen. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God, as we have taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more, for you remember that we taught you by the authority of Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in a holiness and honor, not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teachings, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. But what we didn't, what we don't need to write to you is about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and will not need to depend on others. And now... Dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and raised was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from earth with such a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on this earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other, so encourage each other with these words. Now concerning all, how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. For, we, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. You you don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that, whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. 
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.